Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. What is up, what's happening, everybody, and welcome into episode 142 of the Uptempo Podcast. I'm your host, Blake Lane, and tonight I'm here with Dustin Smith once again to recap the Auburn Tigers. And Auburn, unfortunately, falls 48-34 to on the road to the number nine-ranked Ole Miss Rebels. What a roller coaster game it was. Auburn falls behind 21-0. They battle back right before half, go into half, trailing 28-17, to and then come out in the second half, uh, they score, they cut it to a four-point game, 28-24, and they could just never get the lead. There were some unfortunate breaks uh, that didn't go Auburn's way, and Auburn ultimately falls by two scores. So uh, we're here to get Dustin's thoughts about it, and uh, it's it's a tough time right now in Auburn football. So uh, there's a lot to talk about, and we're excited to have Dustin on. So with that being said, we're going to kick it over here to the Belly Up Sports Network, and we're going to get right after it. War Damn Eagle. Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name, and we're still here. Welcome back in, everybody, and today we are joined by Dustin Smith. Uh, Always having him on on Sunday afternoons to recap the Auburn Tigers, man. Uh, A lot of good NFL action. I know, Dustin, you're hurting, man. Your Tampa Bay Bucks falling short today to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, Dustin, man. What's this weekend been like for football for you, man? It's been a rough start. My Tigers are three and four. My Bucks are three and three. This is not uh, not what you expect all summer when you're counting down the days, and then you get here and you're already kind of waiting for it to be over. Mm. Um, good thing about the NFL is, especially right now in the NFC South, you're not dead at three and three. So Tampa's got plenty of time. Uh, a little bit of a different story for our Auburn Tigers, but. Oh, man, Uh, heartbreaking, heartbreaking loss yesterday after we fall down early by three scores. Dustin, we battled back. Uh, We got a little little slimmer of hope there early in the second half, cutting it to a four-point lead, man, 28 to 24. Uh, And just uh, watching our defense get their – you know, get gashed and get their hearts ripped out, man. That that it hurt right there, man. That's that's not what we're used to seeing on the plains out of an Auburn Tigers defense, Dustin. Uh, it it it's it, it's not fun to watch, man. It's not fun to watch, uh, and you know there was some breaks that didn't go our way. There was a Donovan Kaufman. You know, a fumble right there that I felt like Donovan Kaufman, instead of trying to pick it up and take off and run, he could have fell on that football. I feel like that could have that could have turned uh, turned the game there. You know, um, the, of course the Lane Kiffin onside kick, uh, just that's just piss poor special teams coaching right there, Dustin. Uh, you you got to know uh, something like that's coming. 
especially when you've already, especially when you've already seen it before, uh, one time this season, and it's just, uh, you know, I, I just, I don't know, man. I'm, I'm at a loss for words, and we're still sitting here on a Sunday, and on the bye week, and Brian Harson has a job. I, I don't get it. Yeah, well, that's going to be the situation all year. I'm just prepared for that. And mm-hmm. It is what it is. Um, it's frustrating because your offensive line plays its best game of the season, and then your defensive line plays its worst. Mm. So that's just, like you mentioned, I'm a Bucks fan. And uh, before Tom Brady, we had a rough stretch there. Mm-hmm. I've seen a lot of bad football. And bad teams lose different ways every week. Mm-hmm. Like there's obviously some trends, you know, where you struggle at a certain position or something like that. But this is just a textbook example of that. I mean, your offensive line played night and day. Now it's a big difference between playing in Ole Miss's defensive front versus Georgia's. I'll give you that. Yeah. But to be fair, like our offensive line didn't play good versus San Jose State. They didn't play mm-hmm. good versus Missouri. So the fact that they played good versus an SEC West team, like I'm going to, I'm going to give them credit for that. And then your linebackers come out and they're non-existent, and your defensive line just gets blown off the ball. And I think what you're seeing there is now there's been some injuries, and you're seeing a lack of depth. Yeah. And guys like Jason Jones and Jeffrey Emba are just not making an impact, and they're being called upon to get more reps. So. And then we've already discussed Owen Papo and just situation going on at linebacker right now. It's uh He's lost. It's a problem that's very, very rare to Auburn. We're just not used to seeing teams just impose their will. And we talked about it before the game. You know, they have a player that last year coming out of high school begged to be an Auburn Tiger. We thought that we could do better. Swung for Trace Lewis didn't get him. They wouldn't uh Guy goes for over 100 yards on us. So does their quarterback. So does another. I mean, three guys go for 100 yards. So, <laughs> yeah, dude, just a pretty wild situation. Yeah, Dustin. You know, we'll we'll talk about we'll talk about some other things later on in the pod, man. But we'll go ahead and and hop in here and and just really dissect this game, man. And you know, you just brought it up, man. That was going to be my next question: is is we had three guys go over 100 yards? on us they ran for a hundred yards on us three guys and one was Jackson Dart their quarterback Dustin that was one of the things look I knew Zach Evans and Judkins they were gonna get theirs I knew they were gonna eat they've been doing it all year but to watch Jackson Dart just absolutely on the QB draw he was doing it you know uh just just escaping the pocket and getting out and, and taking off and running and Dustin, man, like that is that is the one thing that I just couldn't wrap my head around, man. Jackson Dart, uh, when a play would break down, you know, he would just take off and he'd pick up, you know, he'd be second and thirteen, he'd pick up fourteen, fifteen yards, slide down and, and get the first. And I just, you know, you don't you don't see that from an Auburn defense. And then you know, I put on Twitter yesterday and I said, hey, Jackson Dart, he's going to eventually throw us one. Uh, he, he'll give us another one. He'll turn it over. And I felt like we were in position to make a couple plays, and we just couldn't do it. 
And I'm just not used to seeing this Auburn defense just getting gashed, man. Like, I mean, giving up giving up 20, 30 yards, you know, just you seeing guys just break free through the secondary. And I'm just like, man, this isn't Auburn football. And like you said, bad teams find ways to lose each and every week. Different ways to lose each and every week, Dustin. And I can't I can't say any you know really bad thing about the offensive line because you know we watched Tank man we watched Tank you know he grinded yesterday he really showed how much he loves Auburn man and that is what I took away from his performance they played their best game the offensive line did and you got to watch yeah, a running fantastic yeah and and you got to watch you got to watch Tank man. He plugged and he scratched and he called and he found a way to make this thing close when it looked like it was about to just be an absolute beatdown. And that right there showed me, you know, a lot of people have talked to us and they've said, hey, this guy could opt out and he could just sit out and go train and work for the NFL. But yesterday, Tank Bigsby showed me that's not on the table, Dustin. No, the guy loves Auburn. He's, he's laying it out there every single week. And no matter how bad the season gets, I, I, he's going to bring his best effort. And, um, you know, the guys he's playing to change the whole whole trajectory of his family's history. And mm-hmm. that's one thing just to think about in itself. These guys are trying to go to the NFL. And uh, even if they're a guy, even if they're not going to, at the very least, they're going to play with pride. Like, that, you know, everyone – they're putting the film out there. Mm-hmm. Everyone's watching. So the guys haven't, you know, they haven't mailed it in. Like I said, a lot of them are trying to make it to the league, so they're going to do everything they can to do that. And a guy like Tank is, you know, obvious example of that. He's got all the attributes. He's going to go to the combine. He's going to kill it. He's going to shoot on draft boards. The teams are going to meet with him. They're going to realize he's a great kid. Um, he's really improved in pass protection. That's a testament to Cadillac Williams coaching. Mm-hmm. And, you know, my takeaway for the offense as a whole is I thought that was the best performance of the year. You had 17 points in the first half. You had 17 points in the second half. Um, Jarquez was good. I liked the creativity. So a couple of those plays where we got Demari the ball, I would have liked to see him get it more. But, you know, at the same time, you're feeding Tang, so I'm okay with it. And you were able to do that without really having the threat of the passing game. I mean, Robbie's still struggling with his accuracy. He's struggling with protecting the football. He's just really kind of struggling with maintaining his emotions overall. You know, he makes a mistake and he just gets in his head. He's going to have to figure that out. I understand he's a freshman, but, you know, it's time to it's time to get over that. You've, you've played in every game this year. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but like I said, I thought overall the offense was great. I thought with Jeremiah Wright, a uh, guy that's gone back and forth, back and forth between offensive line, defensive line. He gets in there because of some injury, and he plays well. Uh, mm-hmm. Good bounce-back game from Brandon Council. I thought he was excellent. So, yeah, that's the that's kind of the frustrating part about it is, is you score 34 points, and, you know, you give up, like, the onside kick, and then you have a, a ridiculous pass interference call and a stop, third-down stop that leads to a touchdown. Uh yeah, just just frustrating, man. You've lost three in a row, and everyone wants to compare this team to 2012. Well, I would argue we're three and nine in our last 12 games, so you're mm-hmm. already in the middle of 2012. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Dustin, and and you know, I was going to ask you when 
Auburn fell behind early, and things were just off to a terrible start with the offense. Robbie was just missing throws, couldn't even complete a screen pass right there to Tank, man. And um, he was just off, man, and you could tell it uh, mentally. You could tell it mentally, him slamming the phone down when he called up to the booth and everything. Something was just off. There's some frustration there, and I know frustration comes with losing, Dustin. But when Harson benched him, do you think a light kind of flipped on and, and uh, maybe it was like a Bo Nix last year when, when Bo got benched? He got sat down against, uh, uh, what was it? Was it he got he got sat for in the LSU game? Georgia they brought State. yeah Georgia State, and then in the LSU game the next week he got sat for a possession, uh, and they let TJ Finley come in. TJ didn't do anything, yeah. and then they put Bo back yeah, in there. Battle all week. Yeah, they were going to start the game. Yeah, and and I kind of I kind of sat there and I was like, hey, you know, this kind of looks like uh, a, a mirroring image of last year where Robbie had to sit a possession and Finley comes in and and turns the ball over, Mister TikTok sensation. Um, and they put Robbie back in there, and things start to click. Man, is is is? Did you kind of get that feeling there? Yeah, and I mean, everyone saw the thing with Tank on the sideline, and I wasn't there, so I don't know the context. I don't know what they're, you know. Yeah. so it doesn't matter to me. It's uh, just two competitors, sports. two competitors. Yeah, I mean, you know, I played sports before. You played sports. Anybody out there that has knows how that goes. Man, yeah. the guy can be. You can be really good friends, and in the heat of the moment, you have a disagreement about something, it's fine. Yeah. Uh, the good thing is they didn't let that become an issue, and they came out there and bounced back. And he was, the, the main thing that was the key point was the offense quit making quit making mistakes on mm-hmm. first down. We There was no more false starts. Yep. There was no more ineligible men downfield. We eliminated holdings on big plays. Tank ran, you know, tank ran up the middle for eight, nine yards. And there was no flag to follow. Yep. We quit shooting ourselves in the foot. We put ourselves in second and short, third and short. For the first time this year, we did that consistently. Now, unfortunately, we did that after we got down 24 to zero. Um, and like that interception, the tank was so big because he for sure gets about 30 yards there, probably takes it in. So it was wide open. And that's, you know. Harson and Keesaw, whoever called that play, like that's not on them. The play's there. And yeah. it's at that point where Robbie's got to make I mean, that's a throw you have to make. So I just felt like, the, like I said, too little, too late, being down 21 to zero. But you stayed ahead of the chains for the first time, and you did it consistently for about two and a half quarters to close the game, and you put yourself in position. As the season goes on, obviously, if you can continue to do that, that would be a nice change from what we've seen the first half of the season. And you saw how much easier it was for us on third and two. It's so much easier on third and two than third and 11. Mm-hmm. And I feel bad for TJ. That's your one play. But after that turnover, for whatever reason, as far as the offense goes, whatever it was, was TJ getting our Robbie having that little breather and mm-hmm. or the, the disagreement and, you know, then hashing it out, whatever it was, they seem to get it together, and they click for the rest of the game. Uh, it's frustrating because you look at it and you say you lost by two possessions. They stole an onside kick from you, and then you still committed two turnovers, unfortunately. And, like, we're just going to have to have some games here where we don't commit any turnovers. Absolutely. Absolutely, Dustin. Auburn, one of the worst teams in the country in the turnover margin. 
and it, yeah it just keeps happening week after week after week dustin uh, really frustrating but dustin one thing i, I did want to talk about on this podcast man is is you know i'm gonna i'm gonna say this with collegiate athletes okay when you are a quarterback or uh, the star baseball player the the you know the the Brody Moore at shortstop, or the Casein Howell out in center field, or your, uh, you know the the for, the star Ford uh, Jabari Smith, or um, star center Walker Kessler. Mary redeemed a fifty thousand dollar cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun with over eighty casino style games to choose from. You too could win life changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a world. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Slur on, on a big time elite team or whatever. Put the social media away. Okay? Yeah, 100%. Put social media down. And if you do use... For the season. Yes, yes. And if you do use it, do not make a TikTok with you acting like you're running from the police, okay, and saying, you know, it's cool when they do it, but it's a problem when I do it. And talking about throwing interceptions, all right? That is, it's childish, and honestly, Dustin, it's it's throwing shade at your teammates. It's throwing shade absolute shade and it's coming from a guy whose father already went on an Auburn podcast Dustin and just threw everything under the bus and was like here you go you know this is what's going on in the program here's here's everything that that's happening all right and then we go make a TikTok and as soon as as soon as it got sent to me I said oh no 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 and my jaw hit the floor, man, because I'm like, all right, well, you know other people in Auburn's locker room have seen that TikTok. And I'm sure Robbie Ashford has seen that TikTok. So what's what's the relationships like? Like, just just put social media down. Put it aside for the season, man. You didn't see a Jabari Smith on Twitter talking about, hey, you know, um, me and me and uh, Walker Kessler, like he's putting up more numbers than I am right now. Or, you know, I only had 10 tonight and Alan Flanagan had 14. Like, what's the deal? You know, like, where's my love? You didn't see Jabari doing nothing like that. All right. You didn't see, you know, you didn't see a Brody Moore or a Blake Rambush getting on Twitter and saying, hey, look, why does Sonny DeShera get all the love, but we don't? I mean, I, I just yeah. I don't get it, Dustin. So they make valid points, and it's uh, it's doubly alarming when it's the quarterback because everyone knows the responsibility. It's like you know, just another example. You talk about the podcast and with his father and all that. And another example would be when he retweeted the stats about him being one of the most uh, pressured quarterbacks in the country. Yeah, everyone knows that. We see that. That's not. I'm not saying that you're not under pressure and that you're, you haven't been set up to fail. I, I, I agree with that. Mm-hmm. But retweeting it and basically signing off on it and throwing your offensive line on the bus is not what good leaders do. 
That's mm-hmm. not. There's no successful quarterback that does that. And you can you can say, okay, well, they're younger than they're in college, but no successful quarterback did that in college. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's a bunch of red flags. And to be honest with you, like he's had plenty of chances at LSU. He's had plenty of chances at Auburn. And yes, there have been issues with the offensive line, and yes, there have been issues with play calling and all that. But at the end of the day, you come in there for one play and you fumble it. Yeah. So you know, I mean, you just right back to your turnover issues. And I, I think this year will be his last year at Auburn. I just don't see the future for TJ Finley at the quarterback spot at Auburn. Yeah, and and this isn't to bash TJ Finley. It's just all I'm saying, Dustin, is just put it down, put it down, because now you're 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 causing problems, and and yeah, it's just adding to the situation. That it's yeah, unnecessary. It's yeah. an unnecessary thing to do. Yeah, just put it down, man. But uh, I I did want to talk about that a little bit because it was alarming, man, and and it didn't sit well with me. I didn't like it, and. Uh, it's just I wanted to I wanted to maybe, you know, if if a college athlete or a guy in high school is getting ready to go to college and they listen to this podcast, put it down, man. Put it down. Um Yeah, use it to promote your NIL. Yeah. You're you're not gonna you're the main thing is you're not gonna change anybody's opinion. Like mm-hmm. and most of the time the people that are talking crazy noise on social media have an avatar and don't have their real name. Mm. So you don't even know who you're arguing with or what, like, it's, and you're not going to convince them of anything anyway. Mm-hmm. Use it to promote your NIL. Use it to promote your brand. Just tweet it whenever you got to tweet and then get out. Don't get engaged with the comments and don't put out, you know, you know, don't put out TikToks like that or these personal things. Don't, don't do what we had some previous guys do, some, some previous running backs. <laughs> That every time we would lose, would come out and bash the ribs on Twitter and stuff like that. Just mm. don't, don't do all that. There's no, there's no benefit in it. You're only going to cause problems and make yourself look weak. So I agree with you 100 on that. So Dustin, man, moving on from that, I wanted to ask you about the third quarter, man. We pull within four at 28-24. We give up a field goal. Ole Miss makes it a seven-point game, 31-24, and then comes the onside kick. What were your thoughts on the onside kick? And I want to ask you this. What were your thoughts on Lane Kiffin and basically what a lot of people think was his interview for the Auburn job? Well, I sure hope it was. <laughs> that would be, you know, I'm all aboard that train. Uh, and I know you are as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, you know, he just... It's just impressive. I want to say what they're eighteen and two in their last twenty games. Mm-hmm. Uh, a super, you know, very long home streak. Everything that he's doing at Ole Miss with, I mean, that stadium was so quiet. That's a library, man. Yeah, I mean, that was that was pathetic. Uh, we were louder with all kind of noise around the program for an eleven a.m. kick versus Mizzou. Mm-hmm. Uh, Absolutely, but but he comes in there regardless of all the you know all the disadvantages he has, especially going up against the teams he's going up against in the division. It just has, has them rolling. And, I mean, we, they still beat us by double digits, you know? I mean, like we talked about, they had three guys rush for over 100 yards. Like, they put it on us. So, just very impressive with the downside kick. That's ballsy. He, he sees that his defense is struggling to stop us, so he steals a possession right there. And it ends up being you know, very crucial part of the game. So mm-hmm. his resume and what he's done at Ole Miss kind of speaks for itself, man. 
He's a hell of a coach. Abs- he's fun to watch. Just as a fan of football, he's fun to watch. Absolutely, man. That is exactly why I said Auburn needs that kind of shot in the arm there. And I think he is – I think he's that guy, man. I do. I, I, I promote him on Twitter all the time. I think he is that shot in the arm. He is that swagger that Auburn needs. And I thought the onside kick right there was just absolutely genius because he knew Auburn was reeling. He knew Auburn's offense. Hey, he didn't believe in Auburn's offense, okay? He didn't believe in Auburn's offense. He didn't He didn't think that they could move the ball up and down the field. So, hey, let's steal another possession. And it worked. And I love the gamble there. Now, if he had been up three it probably would have been a different story if he'd have done that or a tie game or something like that. Then I'd have probably looked at it and been like, eh, you know, because there was a couple calls last year in Jordan Hare. Even though he had Matt Corral, I was kind of like, man, why are you going for it right here? Like, what are you doing? And, you know, it just kind of sent up some red flags. But, Dustin, I think he's the guy, man. That offense and his play calling is A1. It is A1. And... Just the motion. Uh, he gets his playmakers out in space. He gets elite, elite running backs to come in to Ole Miss. He gets elite receivers to come into Ole Miss. And a lot of people who take shots at his defense, they're you know they're like, oh well, it's just we put up thirty four on an Ole Miss defense. This defense at Ole Miss has consistently gotten better. It has gotten better. Right? This isn't where they used to just give up 50 and they would have to score 52 or 55 or 59, Dustin. They, they've they've gotten better. All right, This was their first crack right here. Uh, Auburn kind of put a dent in the armor and showed people that you can run the football on this team. But we saw what they did to Kentucky. They, they constantly pressured Will Levis and they created some turnovers. So we know they can play defense at Ole Miss and they have a big one coming up with Alabama here in a few weeks. So um, I'm I'm really A-plus stuff with Lane Kiffin, Dustin. I really, really like him, and I hope Auburn just absolutely throws the kitchen sink at him. I know some believe that it's possibly Jeff Grimes. I know some people are on the Deion Sanders train. I am not, but um, I think it's Lane Kiffin, man. I hope. I hope it's Lane Kiffin, I should say. So. You know, I agree with you, and uh, I'll get into this real quick because this is important to remember regardless of what happens. And we all kind of assume we think we know what's going to happen with the head coach, whether it's obviously it's not going to be today, but we think at some point Brian Harson will not be head coaching the Auburn football team next year. Mm-hmm. So, but and as dire and as dim as things are going to look this season, I want to make this point, and we talked a little bit about it this week, with Clay Wedden, the offensive tackle that committed. According to the guys at On3, um, Jeffrey Lee, Keith Newler, Cole Pinkston, those guys, they basically say that he came to the LSU game, and he talked to Drew uh, Fabianich, who is, he was, uh, he's basically our GM. It's kind of a unique idea. Mm-hmm. He's kind of acting as an NFL GM would. Um, and he, the, Drew was 18 years of the head, uh, head scouting at the Dallas Cowboys. He just has a ton of experience in football, um, really. And if you know anything about the Cowboys, 
talent is never a problem on their roster. They're always one of the most talented rosters. And he's been the guy behind that for two decades in Dallas. So just a very impressive mind. And everything points to, regardless of a head coaching change, Drew will stay in that position. The school is very impressed with the job he has done. And to all the kids that have been, because there's been an uptick in recruiting, the natural question is, well, how is there an uptick if we don't even think the head coach is going to be, how are you getting any commits? Well, this is the Mm -hmm. answer. First off, on to victory has taken over and is doing a phenomenal job. Uh, you can watch Lock on Auburn today, and Jack Blackerby talks about how the two 2024 commits, uh, Amon Lane and Posse, Adrian Posse, mm-hmm. they're committed Auburn regardless because their NIL deals are so good. It's not going to matter who the coach is. They're locked in. On the victory, did it close that deal. Mm. So that's kind of where that's going. It's really starting to get its footing. Now you have Drew behind the scenes. He's meeting with these families, and he's told them, even if there is a coaching change, we're going to honor your scholarship. So when Clay Whitten got told that on his LSU visit, and he saw how crazy the crowd was, regardless of the situation, he said, this is where I want to play, regardless of who the head coach is. He's committing to the school. He's committing to the fan base. He's committing to the brand. That's the same thing with Ruben Bain, who is a four-star defensive end that is expected to commit soon. He's got a, a nice offer from on to victory. Andrew has already assured his family. And let's just talk about it, right? Mm-hmm. We're in the bye week. Yep. This is going to be the first time that our offensive coordinator, our defensive coordinator, and our offensive line coach have gone on the road this year. Mm-hmm. That's that's not normal. If you don't follow recruiting like that, I'm just telling you. Yep. That's not normal. And they'll try to make a big deal out of it this week. There's going to be a crowd that says, well, I thought they don't recruit. This is what you're supposed to do every week. So yep. don't be fooled by it. Think about this. Clay Whitten, he puts, you know, you know he credits Brian Horson. Brian Horson texted him. Mm-hmm. Will Friend texted him. But his main recruiter was Will Friend's assistant, Joe Bernardi. He hasn't even really met a little friend like that, and he's committing. Mm. So, and on top of that, I'll talk about Kayshawn Blackstock. Mm. He is a top five offensive lineman in junior college. His dad actually helped build some dorms on campus. He has several mentors, Brad Lester being one of them. There's some other guys um, that are former Auburn players. It's family with deep Auburn ties. When he got offered from Auburn, his dad broke down and started crying. That's how that was so much it meant to his family. Mm-hmm. He has openly said he wishes he had a deeper relationship, more of a relationship with offensive line coach Will Friend. That's mm-hmm. something that concerns his family is how little they're contacted by Will Friend. But Auburn is still projected to land him because he's been assured by Drew Fabionic that he will have a scholarship regardless, and he just wants to commit to the brand and play at Auburn. That's all that, that's a JUCO offensive tackle that can come in right away that's already playing some college ball. Yes, it's on the JUCO level, but still has reps that several SEC teams are after. Mm-hmm. So the point I'm making is, is even with an inept 
and tr- basically absent portion of the staff in recruiting wise. I mean, Cadillac and Zach Etheridge are busting their ass. Absolutely. Uh, especially Cadillac. But Zach is too. I mean, those guys behind the scenes. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is, so they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. With some of just they're really having to pick up the slack in positions where they normally wouldn't. Mm-hmm. Um, and those are just all of our men that should be applauded for their efforts. Um, but the point I'm making is everything is in place. If we get a staff in here that embraces the hustle of recruiting and embraces the new age and how important NIL is, this thing can turn around quick and it can be deadly. We are a sleeping giant, I'm telling you. Dustin, I, I, I believe so too, and, and I've heard multiple people in the media say the same thing. You know, I, I listened to Brandon Walker, and he, he said the same thing with Barstool, man. He said Auburn, he said a lot of people say that Auburn's not this fantastic job. He said, but it is, you know, and he was like, you can win a national championship at Auburn. We've seen it done, and you can get elite players at Auburn. You can get, you know, guys in the NFL at Auburn. I watched one just a second ago get done playing. Darius Slayton for the New York Giants. You know, I mean, they're in there, man. You know, we got DBs for the Bucks, and and we got guys all around the league. So you can get guys to Auburn and put them in the NFL, and that's what and that's what Brandon Walker was saying is. All these people say that, well, Alabama and Georgia, they're the top dogs, and Auburn's just the little brother, and nobody wants to coach there because of the boosters. And I just think that that argument is garbage. And I think that well, we... Well, today dispels the booster myth. Yeah. Because Harrison would have been fired today if these evil meddling boosters would have came in and had their way, right? That's the narrative. Yeah, I mean, that's what everybody, oh, you know, how many weeks were we told he's gone at the bye season? He's gone, I mean, at the bye week. He's gone at the bye week, Dustin. How many How many weeks have we been told that? Since February. Yeah, he's he's gone at the bye week. The bye week, that's when you make the change and the interim comes in. He's gone. And right now I still haven't got an ESPN notification or an Auburn notification that he's been fired. So, you know, these evil meddling boosters that uh, everybody thinks Jimmy Rain just sits up in a press box and calls the plays and he just looks down at, at Jordan-Hare Stadium and says, you know what, I hope we lose today. I hope we lose because I want all the power. You know, and, and, you know, it's just, it's so funny, man. So I, I think that there is an opportunity to get a big time coach in here and there is an opportunity to, 
really pound recruiting and a big-time coach step into a room with a Nick Saban and a Kirby Smart, and those guys say, shit, man, I I really wish he wasn't here right now, Uh, especially coaching for the Auburn Tigers. So that's where I'm at on that topic, man. And, and, you know, Dustin, watching this Ole Miss game yesterday, and there's there's two guys that that I really want to – give major props to on the defensive side of the ball. And I saw a lot of people bashing our defense yesterday. I know they didn't play great, but two guys that I really want to give a shout-out to, man, is Keontae Scott and DJ James, okay? Uh, These are two guys that I think that have been doing it all year. And I know Keontae Scott has has you know he struggled a little bit in the punt return game, but I'm at defensive back man. These two guys are special. We have dudes back there, and the Zion Puckett call was absolutely ridiculous. All right that that was that was one of the worst pi calls that I've ever seen in college football. Honestly, I I just I don't know where the contact was. It changed the game for me, but I think this Auburn secondary is turning the corner, Dustin, and they are going to be elite in the future. I and and I wanted to point that out because yesterday, I know Ole Miss didn't throw it a ton, but we got guys, we got guys, man. Yeah, Dustin, and that that's one thing I wanted to point out was this secondary, man, and. You know, there was a lot of questions going into the year. People were like, you know, we, we lost a big time a big a big time guy like Roger and who could replace him? And I think we're seeing those guys step up. And I hate that we had that call yesterday. It didn't go our way and it led to an Ole Miss touchdown. And I felt like that was really, you know, just a knife in the back, man, because I felt like things were starting to turn there. You know, I felt like Auburn had the Momo. Uh, We got to stop, and then you see the little yellow flag come out, and, you know, it leads to points for them. But I wanted to highlight those guys, man, and and give them their props. And But, Dustin, man, that's what I wanted to ask you. Uh, Who are are some guys on Auburn's team, man? It can be defense or offense that you point out uh, who who really uh, excelled yesterday. I agree with you. DJ James was uh, probably been – best player on defense this year, either him or Derek Hall. And mm-hmm. unfortunately for Derek, he's just getting to that point where um, he's playing so many reps that injury is just going to come in. I mean, we're so thin at edge right now. We're really thin all across the D-line. So as the season goes on, you're just really going to see more wear and tear, unfortunately, on those guys. But I think that DJ, uh, he's gotten better every week, and really he's at the point now where he's playing great ball. Uh Yesterday, they had 130 passing yards overall. We held them to 9 to 19. They had three TDs, but if you go back and watch those three TDs, they're basically being set up off of the 5.6 yards of carry that Judkins had, the 6.5 yards of carry that Evans had, and then the 8.2 yards of carry that Dort had. Mm-hmm. So, and a lot of those uh, are linebackers just getting lost and the wheel route being wide open or somebody being uh, wide open across the middle and our linebackers just being nowhere to be found. So mm-hmm. secondary has been, probably been the most consistent unit on the team all year, and that's a testament to uh, Coach Zach Etheridge. 
Yeah, Dustin, and man, it was a tough loss, heartbreaking loss. But one thing I wanted to say, man, is all these people, you know, they come at us and say, "Well, don't, don't." Uh, attack the players and and root the players on and everything. Look, the players showed me yesterday that they still care, all right? They're still out there fighting their ass off, getting after it in the trenches. Uh, They're they're, they're just doing everything that you're supposed to do in the game of football. Guys are covering elite wide receivers in in the Southeastern Conference. And I know it's not always pretty, but yesterday's effort – Falling behind like that, and then and then getting your ass back into the football game shows me that there's still some fight in that locker room, and they're not packing it in just yet. And you know, it just shows me, man, that that these guys they really love Auburn, Dustin. They really love Auburn, and they also love the fans that pull for Auburn. So all these all these people on Twitter that are you know, oh, you're the problem. No, you're the problem. No. Look, nobody's the problem because we all know what's going on at Auburn. All right, we know uh, the big elephant in the room with the head coaching position. All right, but we can still sit down and and you know jump up off the couch when you see a Tank Bigsby uh, break out into the open field and, and run a fifty yard uh, fifty yard touchdown to to bring the game within a score. So you know, I just. I really, it, it really made me feel good to watch these guys battle back yesterday. Even though I, I don't like moral victories, Dustin, I don't like moral victories. But to see a team fall down like that when everything's going against your way, you had lost two in a row, and you were at one and two in the SEC, and to see guys battle back like that, that it, it meant a lot, man. And I wanted to say that about the players because uh, these dudes, you know, we look up to these guys for really. hey, they're younger than us, Dustin, and and we look up to a lot of them. So. That you know, I mean, it's just um, it, it felt good to see these guys battle, man. I mean, they're in a tough situation, but they're still fighting, and we have a, a winnable game coming in off the bye week. So yeah, just gotta regroup and do everything you can to make a bowl game. Mm. Yeah, uh, you only need three more wins, man, and you, and you got Arkansas, A and M, and Western Kentucky that look pretty beatable. Yeah, that LSU so. one's gonna end up being the one that hurts us. I feel. Yep, yep. That LSU one was probably the one that got away, and could have really got you to six and six. And that stings. It stings. Not seeing Auburn in a bowl game stings. And but you know, Dustin, at least we don't have to hear the Birmingham bowl joke. So I'm kind of okay with it, honestly. I mean, I you know, I just I don't want to hear the I don't want to hear the damn Birmingham bowl jokes, man. Where you don't even have to leave your state, and I mean pitiful but but dustin one thing i do want to say is there was a game at 2 30 yesterday and it was between the alabama crimson tide and the tennessee volunteers and for all those people that do make the birmingham bowl jokes they got clowned on yesterday uh in in vol nation in neyland stadium 52 to 49 tennessee beats alabama what were your reactions on that game dustin how, how were you feeling about it Oh, just entertained, first off. Like, just as a fan, what more could you ask for? Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm not a big a big uh, fan of the Tennessee fan base. Yeah. Especially especially baseball and basketball. But, uh, look, man, 15 years, that's a hell of a long time. And uh, 
we can understand that struggle. We had a nice little streak going for LSU in Baton Rouge. We had a nice little streak going. Uh, we still are in the middle of our streak first Georgia, and who knows when that's going to stop. Mm-hmm. Uh, so a lot of pain there, a lot of built-up frustration. They've taken a lot of whoopings to Alabama. And Hinden Hooker, man, was, they got the ball back with 18 seconds just to make those big plays. It's always funny to see Alabama miss kicks that come back and cost them. Mm-hmm. Um, but just a classic, a classic duel between uh, two phenomenal quarterbacks. And there was just athletes and playmakers all over the field. And, you know, bigger picture, man, it's, it just kind of shows you, like, this head coach and stuff. This is why, like, I'm not on the trip to Jeff Grimes' train. But mm-hmm. if it happens, I'm not going to, like, just complain about it and make this big deal because Josh Heifel is the perfect example. Yeah. Like, he was so poor at UCF, and he got hired because the AD was his buddy, basically. Mm-hmm. And they had 30-something guys transfer out. I mean, just a complete overhaul. And look where they're at. And yep. the same exact time that we've hired hired Brian Horson, and look where we're at. So this head coaching stuff is just not it's not it's not a sign like there's not you know, there's no formula to it that you can look at and say, Okay, this is gonna work. Uh it's pretty wild really. And but he's done a phenomenal job and I'm sure that they're still partying in Knoxville and, you know, like I said, fixing years of pain, man, they deserve it. And just uh, a classic game. So, Dustin, man, here's my thing with what happened yesterday at 2.30, right? We look at we look at what happened on the field. Two elite, elite quarterbacks with Hendon Hooker and Bryce Young went at it. And they went toe-to-toe, slinging it around the yard. And just you have a, a, a previous Heisman winner in Bryce Young. And in my opinion, Hendon Hooker is now leading the Heisman race this year. After that, yeah. After that performance yesterday, man, he's he's front runner of the Heisman. He might not win it, but right now in my book, he's number one. And one thing that stuck out stood out to me with Hendon Hooker, man, is is there was a couple turnovers there, and he never he never dropped his head. You know the the mesh play right there uh, with the running back. He, the running back thought that that Hendon took it. Hendon thought that he took it, and Alabama scoops it up and scores. Uh, they never really dropped their heads. He kept his composure. He come back. He he drives the field, and they put points back up on the board, Dustin. And it was just back and forth, back and forth. And no matter what, man, this dude is a gunslinger. He gets back there. He lets it rip. He throws one of the prettiest most beautiful deep balls i've seen in college football man i mean it is on the money every single time man i mean he the the hyatt kid alabama secondary couldn't cover him they couldn't cover him i mean he's just elite man and like you said josh heupel showed yesterday that this thing doesn't have to be a four or five year turnaround and we've been preaching that on this podcast and i've told people about look at mike leach i know they lost yesterday but look at mississippi state and the state of their program man they are upset losing to kentucky like that they're upset now where i remember when mississippi state dustin was losing to maine in football maine okay not maryland 
or Minnesota or no Maine. Okay, I remember. Look at, uh, look at Sam Pittman, right? Yeah. I mean, look at look at what Chad, look how bad Chad Morris was there. Wasn't he like two and twenty something? I mean, I know. It yeah. Was just, it was pathetic there, but lost to Colorado State. They had some really bad losses, and since he's got there, they was they're stable. They're making bowls every year. Mm-hmm. Like, and again, that wasn't a home run hire. That was an offensive line coach. Yep. And he came in and turned them around pretty quickly, and, and especially when you consider. How bad they were. I mean, you see, like, you think, you think how bad Auburn is right now. Arkansas was on another level. So, mm-hmm. yeah, man, there's plenty of examples out there of transfer portal, the way recruiting works now, NIL, just so many things at your disposal, man. You can make this thing happen. And look, Hendon Hooker wasn't the guy at Virginia Tech, and yep. he wasn't favored to, to win the Tennessee job when he came in. Yeah. It's just good coaching, man. Exactly, Dustin. And, um, uh... You know, one thing I do want to say is, Alabama fans, if you're listening to this, okay, there was some things yesterday where all these people jump on social media and they want to talk about officiating, okay? Officiating this, officiating that. Officiating is why we lost the game. All right, well, guess what, Alabama fans? Auburn could say the same damn thing, all right? Because like we mentioned earlier, Zion Puckett, all right, that that one call changed the game. All right, that I mean, one call. call. I mean, it was so bad. There's it was no terrible. Way to that call. It, it was terrible. But that one call had a turning point, and and it changed the game. But did you see Auburn fans on Twitter going, "Man, that that official, that's bullshit. That's bullshit. We lost that game because of that call." All right, Alabama fans, listen to me. There was bad calls on both sides. All right. Both sides, there was terrible calls. But one thing Alabama fans need to realize is you weren't very disciplined yesterday. All right. Again, that's the thing. That's the thing too. You're seven games in, and every week you have a bunch of penalties. So this is not a new thing, and exactly. it's not the same crew traveling with your team every week. And if you think that the refs are out to cut to to get Bama, please explain that to me. Exactly. Because guess what, Dustin? At the end of the day, they want Alabama in that playoff because they're one of the biggest brands in college football, all right, along with Ohio State, okay? Those are the two main teams that they're going to try to push to that damn college football playoff. And if you don't believe that, then you're a fool, okay? Because my thing with yesterday and what happened is, is you had a chance to still win the football game with a field goal at the end of regulation, and you missed. So shut the hell up about officiating. You gave up 52 points. You gave up 52 points, and you had you had a busted coverage time and time again in your secondary. Okay? So take the officiating excuse and throw it out the window. And another thing, Dustin, I want to say is, is all these Alabama fans who get on here and they say, oh, you're an Auburn fan you need to pipe down your team's garbage well guess what people it's a rivalry all right it's the biggest rivalry in college football all right so guess what there's going to be shit talk dustin there's going to be fans on both sides when auburn loses you get on social media and look at alabama fans all right they're uh, hunter johnson yeah oh how about say oh boy hunter johnson i mean yep. he wakes up and thinks about auburn he thinks about auburn more than i do yeah hey hunter johnson every time auburn loses it don't matter if auburn loses in baseball basketball football whatever he is on twitter 
oh man, that damn barn over there, the cow college, every single day, all right? But guess what, all right? It's not a two-way street with Alabama fans. They can do it, but when it happens back to them, when the when the role is reversed, all right, you're the shitty person, and oh, you all, all you care about is Alabama, and you're celebrating another team's victory against us. That just shows how great we are. No, we're throwing it back in your face because all you do is talk shit about our team, okay? But I think it's funny, too, because it's like I've seen some of the videos where the Tennessee fans have been at, like, we're acting classless or some of the Bama fans leaving the stadium, just being ridiculous. Yeah. And Knoxville is known for this thing. I mean, when Hayden Mullins got hurt in the in the baseball game first, then they made, they made fun of him and yelled and badgered his mom. Like, mm-hmm. it's... Bruce Pearl's daughter spoke on the way she was treated in Knoxville this year. So they're known to be what they are. So mm-hmm. I'm not condoning how Tennessee fans act. Mm-hmm. But watching those videos, I have to think, well, boy, a little bit of taste of your own medicine, huh? Yeah. Because Bama does the same. And here's the thing. Like, I'll use the Harvey Updike example. What, what every Bama fan likes to say is, well, I don't condone that. Obviously, that guy has a problem. But you, YouTube, when Harvey Updike called into the Feinbaum show when he was in Tuscaloosa before a game, mm-hmm. and there are fans, probably about 100 fans, behind a little barricade like they have on those live shows. Mm-hmm. And when Updike calls, he says, well, I don't see what everybody's upset about, Paul. They're just trees. And that whole group of Bama fans starts clapping and cheering and hooting and hollering. Mm-hmm. So they can say whatever they want to, but they are who they are, and them and Tennessee fans are that Spider-Man meme pointing at each other. Yeah. So I think it's funny, and it's hilarious to watch them complain about the officiating because it's like, let's say that the officiating tilt was tilted in Tennessee's favor today. You still have all of the other advantages. You have the best facilities. You have the best coaches. You have the best athletes. I mean, what was it? It may have been two recruiting cycles ago. It may have been the last one. But mm-hmm. I remember they got the top-rated uh, position position player out of six states. And mm-hmm. they got the top uh, position players at six positions out of the state of Texas. So you just get to go get whatever you want. Mm-hmm. So I don't want to hear about you complaining about something not going your way. Welcome to the club, because every single Saturday, we're taking the field with assistant coaches that are former players of us, like most college teams. Y'all have Bill O'Brien and Kirby Smart or Billy Napier or Doug Marone, like ex-NFL head coaches or guys that go on and get big-time Power 5 jobs. Like, I just don't want to hear you whining and complaining about anything. And Dustin. Oh, and by the way, nice 43-point beatdown today versus TCU in your basketball scrimmage. <laughs> Shout hey. out Nate Oates. Hey, and guess what, man? That Will Anderson, I got shoved down my throat all, right, all summer long. All right, all summer long and into this so season. disrespectful that Hendon Hooker stepped on with him. Yeah, so disrespectful. All right, I'm the greatest player in college football. Alabama fans, yeah. he's the greatest player in college football. Well, guess what, Dustin? Buddy's on back of a milk carton right now for a missing person report, okay? Because, it, and, and what big game this year has he showed up in? 
because I'm waiting. I'm waiting. All right. And and here we are, Dustin. Here we are. You, you as Alabama fans, you want to talk trash? You want to talk trash? So, hey, guess what, man? College kids, they rushed the field yesterday. All right, they tore down the goalpost. They went and threw the goalpost in the river. All right, it's like you said, Dustin. It's been fifteen years. All right, fifteen years, Dustin. And these kids rush the field, and the first thing you see is, "Oh, that's so classless. We don't do that at Alabama. We're a prestigious university, and we just have the class because every time we win, it's just another Saturday." And you you finally beat us and you want to act like that. They're college kids. Shut up. Oh, not only that, but like, you know, it's like when we win in basketball and we do the meme blasting or, yeah. you know, we do the dancing and all that, and they all go, act like you've been here before. We haven't. <laughs> it's been 15 years. Do? We haven't been here in basketball before. So, of course, we're over the top. Of course, mm-hmm. we're doing peacocks and all this kind of stuff. We've never been here. We're having a blast. I don't know what to tell Alabama, but, like, the majority of college teams don't go into the weekend expecting to win. They don't go into SEC games with 30-point spreads in their favor. Majority of us just don't have that. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, man, like, when we beat y'all, when another team beats y'all, you storm the field because you literally slayed Goliath. Like, it's a testament to how good your program is. But it's also, like I said before, you're Tuscaloosa FC. You're like a minor league team. You're like the G League team of mm-hmm. football. Like, you're just, you're just have, it's like going and playing pickup ball and then five guys that play D1 college ball that are all like six foot eight, six foot nine walk in and are just dunking on you. All you guys that have normal nine to five. It's just like, oh, well, okay. <laughs> like, that's what it is most of the time. So when you do beat those guys, yeah. That's what happens, and if, if Bama fans don't get that, which they don't get much of anything, whatever. <laughs> Dustin, yeah, man, I, I'm right there with you. Like, you have the goat in Nick Saban, and look, it's a rivalry, man. Of course, Auburn fans want to see you lose, and any fan out there that says this bullshit because I can't stand hearing it is, well, I root for Auburn when Alabama's not playing. Man, get the fuck out of here because I do not want to hear that, okay? Because I don't care if Alabama and, you know, I don't care who they're playing. I don't care if they were playing Russia, all right? Like, like, I, like I just don't care. Like, I don't want Alabama to win a game of tic-tac-toe, Dustin. I don't. Like, it's just how it is, man. I'm not with that either. And all these matchups they've had versus Georgia here recently, uh, I I promise you I haven't watched them. I don't want either team to win. Uh, Yeah, I just don't. I don't care. So, they're not on my mind. And the good thing that I will say is, you know, hey, we're about to get to that point. Like, basketball is about to be here. Baseball is going to happen. There's mm-hmm. going to be other sports happening. And you guys really suck at those other sports. <laughs> so, and we're going to be here to let you know about it, especially Auburn fans, because we pay attention to our other sports. Mm. And that's not that's not a coping mechanism for football. I want football to be good. I'm not pleased with where football is at. Mm-hmm. But if Auburn's doing something, I'm going to be watching and supporting it 
And, yeah, I can't wait to smoke Bamwell on the hardwood, and I can't wait to sweep him in baseball this year. God willing, the referee or the uh, SEC officials and the umpires and the, the guys up in Birmingham or wherever won't step in on a sunny day and call a rain delay at 3 p.m. with the bases loaded. Yeah. And decide that uh, we're just not going to pick this series up, even though we've still got seven, eight hours of daylight here. So we'll have to try to avoid that little hiccup in the future. Um, but yeah, man, it's it's all it's all good. And there's going to be a day when Alabama goes seven and five again. Now I don't know when this is going to be. Mm-hmm. Doesn't appear to be anytime soon. Nick Saban, 70, and he looks 55, and I don't understand it. <laughs> but, um, you know, they are where they are. But they're going to go 7-5 one day. And I see how Bama fans act the one to two times they do lose a season. Yeah. And, man, I can't wait till when they go 4-4 four and four in the SEC. Mm. Oh, dude, I don't know. It might be 20-32. But... I know it's coming. The law of averages says it is. I saw Mike Shula coach those guys. I've seen it before. And what was the guy? They got fired at the strip club. He got fired in my hometown here in Pensacola. <laughs> Mike Price? Mike Price, my guy, <laughs> went to Airdy's Angels. Uh, a real, real dump, I can assure you. Uh, classy guy, you know. Uh, glad that my hometown could contribute to that little piece of Alabama history and lore. So, I've seen Bama be in this position, and I don't know when it's coming, but just based off of their one loss by three points in an all-time classic game on the road to another undefeated team, and they are losing their mind. Meanwhile, Auburn is just like, well, we didn't get blown out. <laughs> We're just waiting on that next coach, Dustin. We're just waiting on that yeah, next so, coach, baby. You know, uh, and that's not a good thing. That's a testament to how far the programs are apart from each other. But mm-hmm. you, you get what I'm saying. Like, yeah. they're in for a rude, rude awakening. And to the gentleman that takes that head coaching job after Nick Saban, God bless you. Yeah. Yeah, man, and, and that's uh, – I think it's coming soon, you know. I, I don't really know when, but it's coming soon, man. And there's going to be a season where, like you said, that happens. And, and look, all the shit that you have given us as Auburn fans, it, we're just going to return the favor. So no, get ready for it. So, it. Yeah, we're going to let Social you know media about it. It didn't exist when we went on the six in a row street. Yep. Yeah. So, buddy, I can't wait for that. But, man, <laughs> <laughs> Dustin, we – uh. We uh we're gonna wrap this one up, man. If you could just uh, give your uh give give your uh, Twitter handle and and social media stuff, uh, so my followers can find you. Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at dmichaud28. That's dmichaud28. And I just humbly ask you that if you uh, if you do if you do decide to follow me, if you're one of those guys that dust off and uh, put your participation trophies on the mantle, I'm probably not the follow for you. Guys, disgust me. Other than that, you can get get after me, man. Oh man, that's awesome. Well, with that being said, this is this is the end of this episode, and we are out of here. Dustin, you got any last words? Oh, dude, coming into a bye week, uh, will be a Saturday that Auburn's not going to catch an L. So, (laughs) just sit back and uh, enjoy some college football. I heard that, Dustin. War damn eagle, brother.
I worry about it. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. O'Reilly Auto Parts specializes in keeping your car on the road. Not sure how much life is left in your battery? Our professional parts people will test it for free. If it does need to be replaced, we'll help you find just the right one to fit your car. Our superstar batteries are built to handle even the toughest conditions. Visit O'Reilly Auto Parts today. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.